Hello and welcome to Pudding Ain't Easy, Bucket of Boba Fett. And here we are, we're on episode six, one episode away from the final. I mean, I know seven episodes in the season's a bit of a weird number if you ask me, but there you go. I'm today's host, Carl Pierce, and with me, as always, is the Mando to my Boba Fett. It's Scott McLeod. <laughs> and there's, there's a bit of an in-joke there in that one. It's just like Mando, Scott has hurt his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it had nothing to do with me but the fact that I was pissed at the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went out to a friend's 30th birthday party, even though he technically turned 30 in the first week of January, but he's birthday. The day he was meant to have his party, he got pushed back for you know, COVID-related reasons. Uh, and so I we went, it was a good night. Uh, and then I came home, I was you know getting myself organised for my bed. I, picked, I went to pick up a small bin around one side of my bed and carried it to the other side, just in case you know I felt the urgent, I felt unwell during the night. And I picked up the lightest bin you've ever seen in your life. And my knee just went, and I was on the on my arse, and I've mm. clearly strained some tendons or whatever in my leg. But I'm slowly but surely trying to recover from. Oh, I see the way you explained it on tax. I thought perhaps you'd just like fallen over, pissed, and landed hard on your knee or something. So I did. I didn't realize it was quite like that. So a, a bit more nasty than I actually imagined. Bless you. Yeah. And just <laughs> went. And just when Scott's in the middle of doing a charity step thing as well. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. I, I, ironically, though, I'm, I'm like, the, the combined tool for the month is maybe around 336,000 steps. I'm currently on just over 69,000, so it's a nice number to be on for the minute. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> confident I can pick it up. You know, I've got, you know, I'm that stubborn that I was like, I'm that stubborn that I wouldn't let this game it in, you know. But you know, have you ever tried something a drink called a venom, Carl? Uh, I don't believe I have actually. That's what I had. I switched from cider to venoms midway through the evening. That may have been why I was so drunk. Uh, I believe it's Southern Comfort vodka, some blue wicked, and a bit of orange juice. And I can mainly, I could mainly taste the orange juice. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's related to how I, I fell over. Uh, I think it's just a case of too much weight on the knee and it just decided, nope. But uh, I'm just saying that's what happened. <laughs> oh dear, never mind. Or maybe the alcohol sort of dulled the pain. <laughs> it, it did not. I can assure you it did not. <laughs> <laughs> there was no no selling then. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there was plenty of selling. Some, some, some would argue too much selling. <laughs> You can imagine. I can imagine. Bless you. Well, hopefully you'll be up and about in no time, Scott. Yes, I'll be. I'll be up. I'll be up and about before he's not. You can't. You can't keep me down. Nope. <laughs> uh, there's some people here who we think or we we that look like they're down, but I hope they get back up. But we'll get to that later on. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, before we get on to the uh, episode at hand, we've seen a, a bunch of announcements from several different forums that seem, it's not confirmed, but seem to believe that the Obi-Wan series is due to a premiere, prim, premiere in May. So um, that's something to look forward to, if that's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's the case, then you'd obviously have to assume that by May they mean May the 4th. Uh, being International Star Wars Day, and if that is the case, that they do decide to go for that date as May the 4th is a Wednesday, then uh, don't be surprised to get an announcement close to midnight coming out about maybe like episodes one and two coming out the same day, a la you know, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, you never know, they could do that, but um, for a character as popular and as big as. Obi Wan, I can't think of a better day to premiere that series on May the fourth. So um, I think it's high. I think it's highly likely. Yeah, uh, but also, like we knew it was coming in twenty twenty two. We didn't know when, and 
I think the idea of it coming now makes it you know feel all the more real that it's actually happening. You know, we're getting you McGregor back, and you know, because you know it's not that far away, which means that hopefully it shouldn't be too much longer until we get an actual trailer. I hope maybe in the weeks following the the Boba finale, we could get some sort of trailer for this. Do we do we think the forehead wars will make a comeback as well? <laughs> Oh, what? Have you noticed on, on there's a point in his career around the time he was doing these, he had like a I don't know if it was a what whether it was a ward or warts or something on his forehead. He had it he had it moved uh, removed obviously after a while, but it's quite noticeable in some films. I can't say that I didn't notice this not <laughs> actually have not stared hard enough at you, McGregor. Well I remember a film reviewer bringing it up around about the time this um the sec I think it's the Clone Wars came out or or um Revenge of the Sith, one of the two. And he brought it up and after that I couldn't unsee it unfortunately. <laughs> well, thank you for mentioning that to me, Carl, because now also the first episode whenever Obi Wan's on screen, that's all I'm gonna be looking out for. <laughs> so thank you. You've now further tarnished my my view of uh, of you, McGregor. One of Scotland's finest. You've just dragged him down. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, no, it's a bit of a head. It's not like he's gone around kicking a cat or anything, is it? <laughs> see, see, we're topical on this podcast. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Don't know what I'm on about. Look up Kurt Zuma. <laughs> I just heard everybody kicking off in the chat. I thought. Don't comment on it because obviously a horrible thing. But if I comment one way or the other, you know they're gonna just accuse me of probably liking it because of my anti-cat bias or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say I bet you there thinking don't listen to my room five oh one for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are many things I don't like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick them. You know, there is a fine line. Yeah, you'd burn them in room five oh one, but you want to kick them. <laughs> you know. You're taking my words out of context now, Carl. <laughs> I never said that things were going to be going to burn. You know, Reese, those are his words. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm. You notice I'm very good at passing the buck to other people. You are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You sound like the sort of person who could talk your way out of anything. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> but yeah, are we are we ready to get into Book of Boba Fett? Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. I should mention, uh, I don't know if I want to briefly talk about Andor. I don't know if they've even announced when that's coming out. I assume maybe sometime late 2022 if, uh, if the story's coming out about it, about them already commissioning a second series for it before the first ones even come out. Uh, I think it's the first Star Wars you see have had that happen since Mando, because I think Mando had the same thing. But like, I haven't even seen the show, and I know I'm prejudging it. And I could, we could be on here, like later on in the year, raving about how good you know, the show is. But one of these things is not like the other. Like, why of all the shows that you've already announced a season two for, is it this? Because it was even my favorite part of Rogue One, and it's my favorite Star Wars film. Yeah, it's it's a strange one, and I'm I'm not too sure because uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't find the character overly exciting if I'm perfectly honest but I don't know maybe they'll surprise us as you say they haven't put a foot wrong yet with these Star Wars series so you never know yeah I mean the only one I haven't really paid much attention to is Visions I never really got around to watching that but that's mainly because you know it didn't feel like it was just a couple of one-off like anime style stories which I'm sure I'll get around to watching I'm not the biggest anime fan, so I never felt like like the other show, like this immediate urge to to get round to it. Yeah, well, I've watched most of them. They're, they're not canon; they are standalone, but mm-hmm. but they are they are pretty good in the, in their own unique way. I'm not; I wouldn't say I was a massive anime fan, but I did enjoy the Animatrix back in the day. So it was definitely something that uh, piqued my interest. You know, I'm sure there's some hardcore like anime fans out there, you know, disgusted at my lack of interest. You know, the furthest my interest in anime went was bloody Pokemon, like many Westerners before me. You know, maybe maybe a bit of Digimon before I realised that it's a poor man's Pokemon. And <laughs> that's 
And for any Digimon fans out there, you deserve to be as angry as you probably are at me for saying that. <laughs> the one good thing Digimon had going for it was it had a really cool theme song. <laughs> I, I never saw Digimon. I, I did catch Pokemon now and again because um, it was on at the sort of time I was getting ready for work. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I remember when Teddy Pikachu came out the cinema I went to, I don't know if it went on in every cinema, but uh, me and my brother got given a random pack of like three or four Pokemon cards <laughs> just <laughs> randomly. It wasn't anybody you wanted, it was like one of the Teddy Pikachu and just a couple of random Pokemon that happened to appear in the film. Yeah, that that's like that's a genius film, Detective Pikachu. It's not really like I mean I know it's got Pokemon in it, but it's not really Pokemon in the strictest sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, the film I didn't get told about nearly enough after it came out, because, you know, uh, I think I remember hearing a river at one point that before Ryan Reynolds, it was almost meant to be The Rock voicing Pikachu, which may have made it a very different, <laughs> a very different film. But I really, I really remember enjoying it, and like, I liked the CGI and the effects on bringing most of these Pokemon into like the live action kind of world was actually very impressive, more so than you'd think it would be. And yeah, the kind of world they, they created for it, I really it. Yeah, it's really good. And and who knew that what we needed in the world is Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things like you love Pikachu, you like Ryan Reynolds. But you never knew how much you loved the two things being merged together. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, villainy villain, Bill Nye slash Mewtwo. Like, who know that we'd have that combination as well? Exactly. Pure genius. <laughs> you know what else is pure genius? The way they put together this episode of Boba Fett. How is that for a fucking transition? <laughs> it is, it is. That, that is brilliant. Yeah, it is. And um, I know another thing we should bring up. Did you know, Scott? Well, you do know because I told you about it the other day. We are on about 480 podcasts. Our little ragtag tin pot podcasting group is getting towards 500 podcasts, Scott. And I've been a part of far too many of them, I think. <laughs> I think I have too, to be honest. <laughs> Carl, who never wanted to do the podcast, indeed, as he mentioned in, in, in his No Rogue Bar episode, was dragged kicking and screaming 480 odd podcasts later. Here he is. There's no going back. Yeah, and the person who dragged me kicking and screaming to do a podcast is no longer with us, Rahul. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll track him down. I've been wanting to do a No Rogue Bar with him for a while. I'll, I'm on. I'm tracking them down now. <laughs> I've got vision boards. Like I've got boards with red tape all over the place. Try to track his last known whereabouts online. So we'll have Scott. We'll have Scott next week live from deepest, darkest India, trying to locate. <laughs> every, every time I mention Rahul's name, people run and scream. <laughs> He's like. Where can I find him? Is there anywhere showing Interstellar? <laughs> you get there, he's like, you get there, he's like some sort of kingpin. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. That Interstellar draw, that's a far ways back. It goes back to a quiz that we're going to nearly miss the recording of because, quote, I'm watching Interstellar. This is early days of the pandemic we recorded that. And we're like, we've nowhere else to go. You can watch it whenever you want. <laughs> he had some excuses for not doing podcasts. I must admit, fair play to the man. Because like, when I did podcasts with him, like, say, when he joined us for Rebellion 99 on the Retro Review, he never let little things like, you know, not watching the show he was meant to be reviewing, you know, stop him. And and now might be a good time to let you know that I haven't actually watched this week's episode, Scott. God damn it! <laughs> if I didn't have a bad leg, I'd storm out of here. <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> getting back on track. We had quite a cool opening, I thought. We saw um, we opened up with Timothy off Oliphant. Um, bringing back Cobb Vance, the marshal, uh, minus 
Boba Fett armor, of course, and he catches some pikes in the middle of some dodgy dealings. He sort of warns them off, and uh, they don't take heed of his warning, so he ends up shooting most of them. And that is, he's a he's a good and quick shot, and he leaves one alive and lets him scarper off as he uh, leaves his box of, I imagine, spice. Um, behind, I think he tells him um, it's worth more than your town or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, as he runs, he, he sort of warns them, "This is my patch. Don't come back." And when they've gone, he, he empties the little chest of spice out into the sand, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically says that he'll take the spice kind of as a fine. Uh, for their trespassing and you know his territory and everything, and you know he said originally he said didn't want to know what he gave him the opportunity to leave, but then a couple of them tried to shoot him, so he shot shoots back. He says to the one that still remains, like I guess you're the smart one. Uh, so I think he thought it was best, you know, just kick the spice, dispose of it, rather than uh, let, him, let him take it with him and probably sell it to somebody else. Uh, I had a few moments during this episode where I loud gasped uh, things, and I had the subtitles on for the episode. So it's, even though you don't see him uh, when he's first line, he's like off screen, it's still came up on the subtitles, Cobb Vance. And I was like, oh, like just right off the bat, like, yeah, he's back. Because I talked, he's one of the people I talked to see back sooner or later, you know, since he first appeared in, in Mando. Uh, we should also mention Carl's episode today is called From the Desert Comes a Stranger. That will come back later on. And uh, I think for a lot of the cameras that we see in here, it's got to do with the fact that this was co-written and directed by Dave Filoni this episode. The man who brought us, you know, Clone Wars, Bad Batch, and Rebels. Yeah, hundred percent. So you already know you're in for a good episode, and I, I kind of avoided most spoilers on Twitter because I have to wait till after work. But I did see somebody complain they had a return spoil, and I was thinking, "Ooh, who's coming back?" Now I didn't imagine it would be everyone, but yeah, <laughs> we'll. Uh, We'll get to that soon enough. Um, I think we get. I think the next scene is um, Mando um, and everyone at Boba Fett's sort of palace. Is that the right word to describe it? No, he, no. He goes to see uh, Grogu first, and then he goes to the the palace. Oh, is that a bit after? Is it okay? Yeah. So he goes. Yeah. So we see him traveling into to. Um, as we say, to the planet to to find uh, to, to the Grogu, the little gift he got the armor to make for him. Uh, he's met on the planet by uh, R two, so another mm-hmm. another fan favorite making a return. And R two, he's explained to R two where he wants to go. R two leads him to a little place that's been built, and he sort of told to wait god knows how long <laughs> god knows how long he waits for but it must be some time because then we go um into luke luke is back we've got luke and he's over grogu and we get to see luke and grogu talk and train which is pretty ace really i didn't think we'd i know he said he was going to go and you know, see Grogu, but I thought perhaps we'd see that in Mando's own series. I wasn't expecting it to be next bloody week, so. Yeah, and I, I thought that as well, and a lot of people did, and it's that's what made it, this is hard to think about, like, you think this is a great episode of TV, and then you, whenever you remember that the title of the series is called Book of Boba Fett, and majority of the stuff that's good about it doesn't have anything to do with Boba this episode. <laughs> it does kind of, uh, which you into minds about how you feel about the series, but the actual episode itself is, is solid. And uh, look at building the little temple that we do see kind of flashback form in the uh, in the last Jedi. We know where so how well this this whole school kind of work out for Luke and everything. Uh, R two, I like seeing again. It always feels sad when I see him because I know the original actor Kay Baker is now no longer with us. So obviously, it's not really the same. Uh, and then yeah, the wee droids kind of make him a. They're helping the temple again, just make him a little bench to wait on, as R two just shuts himself off. And I thought this, and I saw a few people joke about it on Twitter, like, is this R two shutting off until the end, until the last ten minutes of Force Awakens? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently no. He just decided he didn't want to deal with Mando anymore because when this, when uh, 
because later on there are shots where you see him clearly, you know, back online again, so he clearly just didn't want to answer any more of Mando's questions. Like, I'm going to switch off for a little while. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it was perhaps he had a feeling Mando might come back and there was a bit of a protocol installed to stall him or, or something. Who knows? But I just love the whole sort of dynamic between Luke and Grogu because it's like the exact opposite to what we saw in Return of the Jedi with uh, Yoda training Luke. Now Luke is training, you know, Yoda the same species as uh, um, Grogu, the same species as Yoda, and uh, you know, similar sort of circumstances almost. Mm-hmm. I think, like, still to this day, I don't think the species that Grogu and Yoda both are have even been revealed, even though so much stuff has been, you know, revealed about stars, but different species and characters and like where they come from, like George Lucas particularly never really said what species Yoda was because he wanted to have some mystery around him. Uh, like, so they, I still have a vague memory of like where Grogu even comes from. And it does seem like he's trying to like, be a similar teacher to to Yoda, even though he only trained him for a short while. And he's talking to him about attachments and everything. That's the big theme of the, the train later on. <laughs> I do like the moments with the, uh, with the frogs and everything where Rogue will try to eat one of the frogs and uses the force for it and look kind of gives him any trouble for it and then he does the thing where he raises all the frogs out the water. So basically what I don't think Rogue's gonna take the main lesson from there because that's what Grogu's probably gonna take away from that is basically you listen to me, you can have all the frogs you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when Homer goes to hell in one of the three years of horror episodes, like, so you like donuts, so he gets trapped to the machine, have all the donuts in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a bit where he sort of asks him to uh, Grogu to jump, and he, he does like a a really little piss paw jump, and <laughs> it's a bit like, is that it? Come on, you can do better than that. And um, <laughs> so, so a bit do, where he's gone. They do like the bit where they're walking, and also so Grogu can keep him up because he's still so so small. Look, kind of using the force, kind of lift him yeah. along. <laughs> that bit's brilliant. And uh, he even does quote Yoda, and like he said, he claims that Yoda also talks in riddles, but also not knowing that that's just how Yoda talks. And he asks Grogu if he remembers anybody talking like that, uh, where he's from. But as we said, he's got kind of a vague memory of where he's of where he is from, so he doesn't really know. Yeah, and he does like um, he does like a a false thing where they where they look back, um, like a, a meditate to sort of you know see. Um, where you know, see if you can look back and see where he's from, and he just goes back to the temple being under attack by uh, clone, would be clone warriors at the time, who's shooting up the Jedi's, and one of them is probably his former master. And it's quite a harrowing scene the way, the way it's filmed and done. You just see Paul Grogu looking on in despair as he's seeing all these Jedi get murdered in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite sad. Uh, you see, like the Jedi getting like there's three Jedi in front of them. They all get shot down. Uh, you see, there are similar scenes in uh, Revenge of the Sith with the, the clones that style of helmet, the the helmet with the kind of blue line running through it. There's a few scenes where you see those kind of trips, so it kind of lines up with the the scenes you see in that movie. And uh, then it leaves the mystery that everybody's wondering if we'll ever find out. Maybe we'll find out in Mando season three, something like that. Who? Like saved Grogu, who got him out of the temple. There's all sorts of bloody theories going around at the minute, and you know that's something I'd like to figure out as well. You also notice when he when Grogu kind of wakes up from this meditation or whatever it was they were doing, they've also moved to a different location, which I think maybe implies that maybe Grogu fell asleep because you know we've seen the Mando where the three things where he does use the Force, he's clearly very strong, but to exert himself by using the Force, it really takes a lot out of him because he's still so like small yeah he's and he's still pretty young for whatever he is and i know he's 50 but he's clearly just a young one still so yeah obviously takes quite a lot out of him and there's also a fun bit where he he trains for that sphere thing that, that zaps you with uh, little lasers that we saw Luke train with with um, Obi-Wan in the, the first ever Star Wars and 
we start to see Grogu learning to jump a bit better as he dodges these blasts. So that that was cool to see him sort of coming along a little bit. Yeah, he was learning to kind of balance himself and everything. And uh, there's even a point where he finishes doing his training, like where he finishes with the the ball, where he just takes a lie down on some rocks, like I said, because it takes <laughs> a lot out of him. And I felt bad for Grogu getting shot at with this little ball, because at least Luke was training how to use his lightsaber. Grogu didn't even have a lightsaber, so he's just trying to jump out of the wave, and then he kind of crushes it. I don't think Luke was wanting to fully like destroy it, but he has to kind of look as though, like, I did it. Yeah, he's so proud of himself. <laughs> and yeah, while all that's happening, Mando's still waiting, but we get yet another brilliant return as Ahsoka shows up. Mm. Yeah, that, that took me, like, she's just kind of chilling there and amongst the trees and everything. It took me a split second to actually register that she was even mm. there. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And then she says that R2 brought her to, to him, not uh, Luke, because maybe they don't want him like seeing Grogu, because like, they talk about the attachment to him. Like she mm. mentions that when they first meet, like I worry that your attachment, you know, to him makes him, you know, weak and looks trying to teach him to give up attachment because, you know, that's very much what caused Anakin uh, to fall. Uh, I think maybe Luke going by this new way of like try to teach people to forego attachment probably goes away to explain why his new school of Jedi kind of falls apart by the time the sequel trilogy comes around. I mean, perhaps attachments aren't as bad as I think. I mean, do they not think, you know, the whole Jedi order more or less fell by the wayside? Do they not think that perhaps changing their ways a little bit and tweaking a few things here and there might not be a bad thing? Hmm. I think, hey, I think Yoda does mention stuff about attachment, which Luke's trying to follow on. I think he's still learning himself how to be a teacher because you see over the course of the next few years, he, he puts together these old Jedi textbooks that he's got hidden away and he's be hooked where he's in exile, trying to learn basically about the Jedi and how to pass that on to new people. So he's not really the most experienced teacher either. But you think him and Ahsoka would have had a chat about his dad, how his dad fell and the reasons for it. And maybe that would help teach Luke that maybe, like you said, attachments can help can be useful yeah and also in luke's defense i mean a lot of jedi started off when they're really really young like five or six and he had a pretty much a crash course on it when he was about what 16 or whatever so you know he's not really at the time to to learn to be a jedi like um others as well yeah and like he's even hard on Grogu, like, like I said, tell him, oh, is that the best you can do in terms of jumping? But like, even though Grogu's probably been training from a young age, because I think they do show you in the Clone Wars how young, mm. uh, as soon as they kind of detected that uh, these people, kids are like four cents, so they yeah, pretty much immediately recruit them and take them over to the temple. And so they're brought up from like, a young age. But obviously he's had to hide for so long, so he's basically trying to learn how to unlock and use the abilities that he's already clearly got, because as we said before, Grogu is clearly like very powerful for being so for so young. Yeah, hence why um, the first order or whatever they are wanted him. But um, yeah, um, so Mando decides to hand over Asuka the, the little gift he has for Grogu, uh, so um promises he'll. Uh, give it to him or Luke, and then Mando goes on his way, and then we get to see um, Ahsoka and Luke share a bit of screen time, which is cool, considering their connection to uh, Anakin and Darth Vader and everything. Yeah, I want to get more in detail about these, these two, like how kind of conversation these two might have had, you know, because she obviously knows the history about his dad and everything, she so can give him answers to questions mm. that he maybe not got fully answered yet. Because he said the Return of the Jedi should have only been like five, six years prior to to this, so the death of his father is so probably fresh to him and everything like that. And like he's she's talking about how the the student can sometimes guide the master, which I think is a nod to her relationship with Anakin, which she saw develop over the course of over the course of the Clone Wars as well. But another a scene that nearly made me cry in this episode, I'm not afraid to admit that is Grogu reaching out as he sees the Starfighter like flying off and kind of reaching out, kind of sensing that Mando was here, but he didn't get to see him, which, you know, that was very sad. 
Yeah, that that is a quite an emotional little moment. Uh, I must admit, bless his bless his cotton socks. And oh. there is a, I was going to say there is a there is a little bit where um, Ahsoka's um, watching her listening to Luke training and talking to Grogu, and she just comment just like your father. <laughs> Which is uh, not too much like his father, we hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah we talk not, we talk not. But <laughs> well, like, it's going to be said like the these moments like that moment with Grogu reaching out, and then the moment before that where he's going to go up the hill, and then she's kind of warning him like maybe he's not a foundling him, or maybe he's a pad one. Like if he sees you even for a short while, it might be still harder for him to kind of let go and accept his training. And Mando just goes, "I've come all this way." And you know, he's reluctant, like, oh, I'm this close. But he knows deep down that maybe Ahsoka's right, that he should maybe just leave and not let him see him. So, like, Pedro Pascal puts us across without even need to see his face. And then the other half of it is a character that's just fully CGI, and yet you get this very raw and emotional one, which just goes to show how good, if, he, if it's well written and well put together, it doesn't matter if you can see facial expressions or not. Yeah, exactly, and you—you you definitely the emotion is palpable in the scene, despite as you say, not better see Sinjarin's face or um, or and Grogu being um, you know a CGI character, so it's all pretty well constructed, and um, yeah. Ahsoka sort of leaves Grogu and, and Luke to it, and um, I don't know, it sort of hints that she probably won't be back. That's yeah, the impression I thought I got. Anyway, he does ask if she'll if he'll see her again because we never know what will actually happened to her. So I don't think because she appeared in Rebels, and everything. So she survived obviously through the the original trilogy somehow remaining hidden uh, and looking for Ezra. And now he's also going to have her own series, which I'm assuming uh, the events of that will maybe pick off shortly after her leaving Luke. Because you gotta wonder, like we assumed that her Steve would pick off from when she last met Mando, but you gotta wonder what's happened between then and her coming across Luke Skywalker. Like, how long have they known each other? Everything it kind of gives me hope that maybe Luke might pop up in uh, in Ahsoka, even in a cameo, because you know maybe she could bring Ezra to him, who's obviously no longer got a master's key and Jarrah sadly died during Rebels, but maybe he could you know go be part of the school as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know that. That's definitely. Uh... A theory that checks. Um, what, uh, what did you think of the uh, of the the look of uh, DA's, you know, CG like Mark Hamill? Because a lot of people were were praising the look of it, uh, uh, like compared to where we saw it before. Apparently, there was some guy online who does this kind of like editing, and he like he went viral because he didn't take the clip that went, came out during Mando and kind of edited it to make it look better. And so Lucasfilm basically went. Oh, we're begging look back. We want to hire you when you come. So he basically got brought on to work on that. So it's going to show. See, let people know online you can do something better. It might get you a job. <laughs> yeah, and a dream job at like that. Yeah, I thought, I thought it looked pretty good, actually. I mean, as good as, I think it's as good as you can expect it to look when you're mm. trying to de-age someone or stick someone's face on someone else's body. I'm not quite sure uh, how they do it exactly. Yeah, it may have been like passable, like the old one, like when he's only there for like one scene, but it's like he's a looks almost like a main character in this episode as well. So you also got to step up the way the CG looks, you know, especially when you when you got to look at him face on if he's like delivering his dialogue. Otherwise, because if it looks ropey, a lot of people will notice. Yeah, exactly. And then we get. Um, uh, a touching scene where um, Luke and Grogu go to the, the little school or whatever it is they've they've just finished building, and he sort of tells him that Mandy's um, brought in this gift. You know, it's like a little like a little thing of armor, isn't it, for him to wear? Basically, yeah. all the sort of chain chain sort of mail sort of look to it, I guess. Um, uh, he puts that down on the floor and you know, he brings out um, Yoda's uh, old lightsaber and tells him, yeah, this is a lightsaber of my former master. And you, you can have this if you like, but you can only choose one. So he puts both 
um, down on the floor on, on opposite sides, and it's up to Grogu to choose what he wants, the armor, and um, he'll go back to Mando or the uh, lightsaber, and he'll continue his training as the as the gist I'll get. I mean, pretty hard choice. It's like asking Scott to choose between a, a glass of venom and a pint of cider. <laughs> Because those are the only two things I might want as equal in value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just this, um, how dare you? <laughs> but, yeah, like that's like the ending scene of the episode, like that, but with the, the choice inside the, the hut. And like when I found it, I just cut or close up to Grogu's face, and then immediately you're watching, like, please don't cut, don't cut, don't cut. And then it comes up directed by, like, oh, you, because you know. <laughs> Even more frustrating that this episode, like we're recording this on Tuesday, the night before the finale uh, airs on Disney Plus, and you know that also the finale is primarily going to be this group now of Boba, uh, Dinjar, and Kersantan, and the whole like group against the Pikes, you know, the big payoff to that story that's been going on in the early episodes of the series. So we know that either other than a quick scene at the end of the next episode, or even wait until Mando season three, we won't get the answer to it. And it's going to piss a lot of people off, myself included. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really would like to know how that unfolds. So hopefully we will get to find out at some point. Maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, the CGI is taken. Perhaps we will get a, a Luke and Grogu miniseries. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You know, you could do a wee miniseries about Luke uh, to kind of fill in the fourth gap, this gap of a fourth series of that range of the New Republic left behind. Although I think in this case, maybe it's just better not. Enough time to pass. And Mark Campbell's not going to do it anymore. Just be Catholic if you're going to do an actual series on him. Because I don't think we can do a whole series of just that CG. Because eventually it's going to look wrong and people are going to complain. So just just get someone else in. You know, enough time has bloody passed. Yeah, and you don't have to fart around doing Harrison Ford as well if you well, perhaps what needed him to be in it. Now, the fact that he's actually doing Indiana Jones 5, like he looked too old in Indiana Jones 4, and since then, he, he broke his leg just walking on the Millennium Falcon, shooting uh, The Force Awakens, so uh, I hesitant to think what this new Indiana Jones is going to look like with him. So that's another one, you should just like, just fucking recast it. I know some people who really love the franchise are going to complain, but fuck them. I don't want to watch a 70-year-old man run around with a whip. <laughs> I think he's close to 80 these days, actually. So there you go. But I do like the chain mail to go back to the episode. Like, and you said I was like, made a Beskar, so like, I was like, nothing can really hurt him, even though it looks very thin, the, the chain mail. And then the choice of, oh, you can have that, or this really cool looking lightsaber. Like, really? You didn't think he was during his training earlier on, he was ready for a lightsaber, but now when he's presented with the idea of potentially leaving you, now you're offering him a lightsaber look, you know. That, that's not fair. You know, it's like a divorced parent trying to be, look like the cool parent. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's, then, like, it's, like, it's like asking me to choose between uh, a chocolate eclair and um, a custard slice. It's just an impossible, <laughs> it's just an impossible situation. I was trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of two options, like one of them being Selma Hayek and something else. I couldn't think of a second option. <laughs> Dream, Selma there, Hayek is, and... there, there is no second option, Scott. <laughs> I was going to say Man you and Baby not being shit, but you know. <laughs> but again, that's as far as my football goes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, can't, we can't ask for miracles, Scott. Christ. <laughs> so, clearly not. No, that's too far-fetched. You're, you're talking about a CGI little green thing. But a lot of people were rightfully pointing this out that in the last episode, you told us the story of a man, the first ever man to be both a Mandalorian and a Jedi, and now Grogu's been told, oh, you can only be, you can only you know, have one or the other. Like, no, like, let Grogu be the next, you know, Tavisla, let him, let Grogu be a Mandalorian who's also a Jedi. Exactly. I mean, it's, I know it's too zealoty, uh, these Jedis, and that's part of their undoing in, in my book. Hmm. Yeah, probably. But lo and behold, Scott, Boba Fett is actually in this episode, even if it's only for a few short seconds. 
<laughs> and he says a grand total of fuck all. <laughs> he just <laughs> nods along as Fenix <laughs> and that are talking. I bet I bet he's standing there thinking, I thought this was my effing show. I'm trying to think, like, I think going forward, I think we should just accept that none of these are anyone's real standalone series. Is like, these are all in the one universe. This is like the Star Wars MCU kind of thing, because you had Mando's own series, but with Boba Fett, Fennec, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, all these people popping in there. And now you got Boba Seeds, all these other characters popping in, and you assume there'll be all sorts of crossover in, like, Mando Season 3 or in Ahsoka. So just accept there's no one series that's somebody's own show. It's a show where somebody may be focused on for more episodes than other characters, yeah. but this is a whole crossover mixed bag, everybody in the pool, MCU kind of thing. But there's a big difference. At least at least Mando was actually in those episodes and he had lines. <laughs> yeah, fair. But, but like yeah. I said, they, they, but they just great. People seem to again so clearly forget this is this kind of what is Mando season 2.5. Then we're annoyed. Like, why is there an episode with no Boba and all Mando? Did you not listen? It's a segue <laughs> into Mando. Like, they. They use Mando to set up Boba, and now they're using Boba to set up Mando. It's full circle. It, it is, yeah. I think it's working quite well. And um, yeah, Fennec Shen sort of comments. I mean, even she gets lines that you know they've got the they've got the muscle now with Kariston and Mando backing them up. But they need they do need um, more foot soldiers. And uh, Mando's like, I might be able to help with that. So um, Mando goes to see who we saw at the beginning of the the show, Cobb Vanneth. So um, that's pretty cool. And he, he lands his ship and he has someone telling him off for the path. You can't leave your ship there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you parked your starfighter on a double yellow line. <laughs> uh. As soon as I seen this guy like telling him off with like, the new deputy and all that, as soon as I seen him, I didn't like him. I think we were all meant to not like him. And I do like God Van just as he walks away, just looks look at the man and goes, He's new. Is that now the <laughs> Starfighter? <laughs> <laughs> and also, kind of playing into the last thing we saw, God Van, he, he flies over a, a trawler of a chalice where they've got the, the skull of the crate dragon on the yes. top of it. <laughs> that and was then, really cool. And then they got the rib cage of it, you know, inside canteen where from where hey, Mando and Govan first met each other and like you gotta wonder how exactly did they get that through the door? Did they have to break that apart and put it back together? Like there's an episode of Grand Designs you want to see. <laughs> you'd you you'd have thought they'd have had to have got it in that way as you as you say, but um try and get the uh, rib cage in every taking the end. Pivot. Pivot <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a line where Spender sort of asks how how he's doing and he sort of says sort of like more carefully without the armor or something. I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. the exact dialogue, but that kind of made me chuckle a little bit as well. And um yeah, so basically we have a scene where Mando's trying to talk um Cobb Vanoff into and and his people into helping him out, but he says, "Well, we don't, you know, we don't want to do these pikes." And I think even the barman sort of chirps up. But Mando sort of tries to explain what Boba Fett told um, the sort of other families that the pikes won't be just content with, you know, one little patch that they'll want to spread out and take over everywhere. And I think Cobb Van knows that deep down after coming across them earlier in the episode. Yeah, I think he, I think he does know that. But also he knows that people will not be as well, especially not after last time, because a few, a few of them did die. I mean, not as many as the Tusken Raiders, but a few of them did die when trying to team up to fight the the Great Dragon. But he knows also it's only a matter of a matter of time. Also, I love the fact that Moss Pelgo's now been renamed Freetown. Yes, uh, as the bar and perks up. He goes, we 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 changed the name. We think it sounds better. Uh, uh, I do like also like it shows that you know everybody that Mando came across all kind of took a shine to a lot of them took a shine to Grogu because you got the way Pedro Moto reacted to him and la- not seeing him in the last episode and then Cobb Van hears that he got taken back to his own king goes well I guess we all we both lost something we were close to yeah that was uh, that was nicely commented and uh, yeah um, 
Yeah, a, a, a nice line as well, actually. He, he lost his armor yeah. and Amanda's had to give up Grogu. He also says uh, during the conversation, he also Mando's Douglas Selma on the whole time. He goes, That's what I like about you, Mando. That, that winning smile of yours lets you get away with anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, he sort of gets persuaded and he sort of says, Well, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And um, I think we get Mando, Mando leaving. And um, just when we thought we've had all the surprises we could take, Scott, <laughs> we get something even cooler. We see, like, I wasn't sure at first because you, you sort of see the sort of shadowy silhouette with uh, the, the long coat and the, the, the cowboy hat. And I'm thinking, oh, who's that supposed to be? And then as he's got closer, I started getting more and more excited. And I thought, it isn't, is it? Because I couldn't remember <laughs> if he'd been killed off in any of the cartoons or not. But I managed to convince myself, no, he can't have been. And yeah, it's Cad Bane, the first live action appearance of um, a frequent character in Clone Wars and um, um, oh, what was the other one we watched? I forgot what it was called. Um, yeah, the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch, that's it. Yeah. Like I'd heard rumors about him being in the being in the show, but I'd kind of, you know, thrown them off like, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it and then you see a figure kind of coming through, you can kind of make out the hat. I do like the fact he warns and he is basically as the title said, the stranger who comes in through the desert and Covent can even though if he doesn't know who he is, he can see somebody coming after he's run in with uh after he's run in with uh, the pikes earlier on, he's immediately away and tells everybody to get back inside and like you'll you'll deal with it even though he's stupid deputy won't doesn't know when to stay out of stay out of the bloody way and uh and so you say about him being killed off, I think he was meant to originally be killed off at one point. Uh apparently they revealed a few years ago at a convention that there was a plot for season uh six of Clone Wars that they never got around to actually completing where a young Boba Fett was going to get taken under the wing of Cad Bane, until, which would lead to a show between the two, which I think would kill Excuse off me. Bane, which would uh, kill off Bane, and where uh, the shot from Boba would have his helmet, uh, or a version of it, and uh, Cad Bane would obviously kill him, but the shot from Bane, because they shoot at the same time, the shot from Bane would be the reason behind the dent in Boba's helmet, so Boba was supposed to kill off Cad Bane, but I think they could reveal in the next episode in a flashback that oh, they did have that shootout, but Boba thought he killed Cad Bane, but he just grazed him, and all these years later, Boba, he's still angry about it because uh, you see how he talks, grits through his teeth when he talks about Boba Fett and the confrontation, so clearly holds some resentment. And uh, given what we saw in Bad Batch, which is also canon, he's not going to be happy to know that Fennec Shan's working with him either. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm quite looking forward to seeing if uh, them two sort of meets on the battlefield or something in the last episode because uh yeah it's unfinished business there and um i didn't check the credits but it definitely sounds like he's voiced by the same person as the cartoons as well he sounded the same to me anyway so you might be able to clarify that scott you always seem to be in the know on these sort of things but yeah it was so cool to see him realized and i'm i'm glad he wasn't killed off to get to get this and uh, yeah quite shockingly he, he actually um shoots um cob vanoff as well uh, i wasn't expecting that so uh, that was a bit of a shock to the system i thought yeah i think it is the same guy i think you see his name come up in the credits at the end and it shows who is in there so cory burton's name the the voice actor did sound like him so i think it is him but also someone else doing the the movements and just like from an ad up for adapting somebody from you know cartoon to live action they've done a hell of a job with this obviously he's a lighter shade and everything his eyes look are scary as anything because he is maybe somebody you don't fuck with you know he yeah. went toe-to-toe with you know enhanced clones jedis all sorts and been able to hold his own so he's not somebody to be messed with i did see somebody somebody online kind of alter him to look more like a shade of blue or something closer to his clone wars looking people rightfully in my opinion saying like he didn't need to be fixed they got it they got it perfectly he's even a bit wrinkled to show that he's a bit older like some things don't need to be exact people like it was close 
it was as close as you could possibly want it to be, and it looked cool as it was. So, yeah, I mean, know, it, it might even be a lighting thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of shade of blue might not have been very good for for you know for live TV or or, or whatever. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Uh, I do like the kind of confrontation between the two, and like, he assumes that Boba has made a deal with Cobb Vance over, and he offers him money mm-hmm. originally, and then he basically warns him not to stick his nose in anybody's business around because he doesn't technically have one. <laughs> when you actually think about it with with Cad Bane, uh, and just, you know, all of the tension of this thing, you know, something shit's about to go down, and but that deputy refuses to. To move and Covan takes his eye off the ball to check whether the deputy doesn't do anything stupid. But that gives Cabin the opportunity to to shoot him. And I think he, I hopefully only grazed him because he shot him once in the shoulder and he went down. But he unloaded the rest of his gun, killing that deputy. So he very much killed him. But hopefully Covan's still around and uh, we can see it was just a warning shot. And he tells everybody as long as the spades keeps moving, you know this is the, the syndicate's territory and you'll all be left alone as long as you don't poke your nose in. Yeah, I mean, we can hope, but he was motionless on the floor for a, a good few moments, and I don't know, it didn't look very good for him, but yeah, you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just something cool about Cad Bane, isn't it? The way, you know, the way he sort of talks sort of very slowly and deliberately. It's sort of, I always find that more intimidating than somebody who shouts. Mm-hmm. Especially, also knowing what, well, also, as you're a fan of the Clone Wars, especially knowing what he's done in the past and everything and knowing that he's not to be kind of with. And also, I love the, he is a very Western-inspired character. It does a lot of that influence in Star Wars we've talked about before, but I just love this kind of Old school, you know, the two guys meet in the desert, and they, like you can tell a shit off's about to happen, and you're getting close to close. And they both draw at the same time, but obviously, as Vance kind of got one eye on the deputy, God, Cad Bane's just it would be that step, you know, quicker. And <laughs> I, I try to think, I try to easiest to look like it's some sort of pun, you know, kind of the reverse of I shot the sheriff, you know. He, he, he grazed the marshal, but he did kill the deputy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much the close of the episode, isn't it? Unless I'm forgetting something. Yeah, cause I think after that it goes to look and and Grogu, and I think that's the end of the episode from there. And so it totally sets up, you know, basically the Pikes plus Cad Bane against, you know, the group put together by Boba Fett and. You know, Boba Fett's when we talked about say some shows, not sure if they'll have a second series. I hope Boba gets a second series and they get to see him hopefully after the end of this fight and then his series get the respective people of Tatooine and then get to see uh, where that play. Oh, no, actually, there was something we forgot about. Uh, Buddy, that, that bar, the canteen they, they've frequented before in the series, the Pikes Bloody, they bloody bombed it, didn't they? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgot about that myself. Yeah, he he walks in with like um, I don't know, like a like a bag or a thing with a drink in it or something, and and he sort of places it on the table and walks off. And so I was like, you forgot, yeah, and you think, oh god, we know what this is. So yeah, they so they're by bombing that cantina and hiring Cad Bane. They're definitely declaring war. They're definitely ready, definitely ready to fight for that this bit of patch, aren't they? I think they also may have seen Mando's kind of ship around, and also know that Boba's been in that in that bar before, and also got some money I think from them at the, in the first episode. So basically, trying to anybody who supports Boba Fett, they go, they're going after, or who might support Boba. And I can't remember the name of her character, but the woman who runs it, played by Jennifer Beals. You see the wee droid picking up the thing that they've left behind, which is similar looking to the, the thing they had the spice in. So that's how you mm. didn't know what was in it. Because you forgot your, and she, you see her kind of wide eyed. She knows what's about to happen, but obviously she's too late to do anything about it before it blows up. You'd assume that her and most of the other people inside were probably killed, uh, which is why I was confused that they went back to Grogu and looked to close the episode because I was hopeful that it would cut back to Mando and I was saying, oh, we're unsure if Cobb Band will get people together. And then finding out about the 
died out about the bomb and basically been like, we're ready, let's go to fucking war to like lead you in and get you, you know, pumped up for this final showdown. Yeah, it's <laughs> perhaps we would uh, end on um I wouldn't say a happier note, but uh, a less dramatic note. And looking at the the flames and everything that came out of the cantina during the explosion, I can't imagine there's any survivors, to be perfectly honest. They're going to have to retaliate, and it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens, because as we said in previous podcasts, um, the Pikes are, are always feared, aren't they, when, when they're brought mm-hmm. up, and they're always talked about someone you know you don't mess with, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Yeah, and then also the fact that they've got the money to hire somebody as feared as Chad Bain, who's mm-hmm. you know, usually only loyal to people who can pay him, like the most, but obviously maybe he's lying a bit bored being, you know, so you, know, you shouldn't work with him, he worked with the Empire and everything, maybe being away from it, maybe discourage the town folk from being involved, or maybe it goes back to, you know, there is more between those two that he has a personal thing for not liking Boba Fett that we'll hear more about in the next episode, but I think it's, it's nice to have all these questions going in the finale, because the finale should be the combination, the thing you look forward to in a TVC, especially one like this. Yeah. Hundred percent, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's a really good episode that gave us a lot of fan service. I would say mm. with returns of Grogu and Ahsoka, I certainly wasn't expecting uh, to see so many um, characters return. So yeah, really enjoyable episode that also sort of moves the plot along as well, which is good. Even if Boba Fett didn't get a lot to do again, and all like. Like all these episodes that we've had, like the episodes that obviously Dave Lloyd usually directs are always like like superb episodes. And the fact that he's the showrunner now for Ahsoka, and you'd imagine he'll direct at least a couple of episodes of that, which means also my expectations for the Ahsoka show are already uh, far too high, maybe. Let's hope not. I, I think I don't think we'll be that down. I think. Um... Every 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 season finale and every sort of Star Wars show so far has um, been really good. So um, I think this will be a humdinger of an episode. Personally, so what's your what's your rating for 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 this week's episode, then, Scott? It's uh, kind of hard because uh, you were talking to me after you'd watched it. We dropped about. I think we judged in the last episode, but maybe had we maybe found our our Cada or Omega in the Tokyo Dome kind of one that would break the ratings. But uh, you know, we got to see a lot of stuff that maybe like, I did set up the next episode with the Pikes kind of declaring war towards the end and hiring Cad Bane, and we got a lot of stuff that as a Star Wars fan, like rightfully makes you excited. Maybe not just for this, but for future shows uh, as a you know the semi uh, with the penultimate episode of the series. I can't. I don't can't see why I can't give this a ten because you know you got see more of looking Grogu like Jedi training something you haven't really seen in Star Wars in a wee while. You got to see Ahsoka back, Cad Bane, Cobb Vanth, all these like great characters, and you know even though you, some people would argue they are fans, everything I believe they all added something to the show and will add something to this little TV universe of pocket universe of Star Wars that they're all creating. So I can't. I can't go see why I can give us a ten. Which uh, two tens in a row makes me think that God, I worry if the finale goes anywhere <laughs> below a nine, then something's happened. It is, it's a it's a ten out of a ten all day long, and if I was Dave Meltzer, it would be eleven at, at the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> brother, brother. I mean, you know, you, you brought back a soaker. Where did the appetite for her standalone series? And you know. A great little scene for her and Luke. Um, we've got Cad Bane in, you know, <laughs> real, in sort of, well, not real life, but you know what I mean, live action, that's what I was looking for. I mean, what what more could you possibly want? Mm. Maybe some bo- some lines of dialogue from Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, it's maybe his book, but you know, doesn't say it doesn't say he has to write about himself. You know, he's not too vain. 
<laughs> so, Scott, are you ready to give your plugs? I am indeed ready to give my plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScottMcLeod1986. You can follow Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SB Rambling on Twitter as well. We're on the same feeds that you can find the Rogue Pines podcast and feed that's Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we recently did uh, an episode looking at In Your House Mind Games. It should be up this week and in the next couple of weeks. We're looking at uh, going back to Fraser, some more episodes of Fraser we're going to be looking at. And also we're doing a little like, list-based kind of podcast and things where we kind of look at the top five of various topics. We're thinking of starting off with maybe top five you know, underrated new generation era matches. It's kind of an era of WWE that we've been looking at a lot more with the uh, the shows that we've been looking at recently. So I think it's going to be a technique shine a light on that. So if you like your you know, late late 90s kind of wrestling or you like Frasier or Scott and Paul's the Scott and Paul's Realm podcast is the place for you uh, on the SSR you can find me doing all sorts of stuff there but uh, next week I believe it's coming out we're going to be releasing a studio show that I'll be a part of looking back uh, over tw- more than 20 years more than 20 years on uh, from the same Valentine's Day Massacre 1999 it will be released also the day after Valentine's Day, but don't let that discourage you. <laughs> trying to think, it's not any really anniversary, it's just the fact that it happened to come out the day after after Valentine's Day coming out, because I think it was in 99, so like 23 years ago, maybe, this year. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and I remember staying up for that live, so I feel old now. <laughs> You got to see the uh, cowardly lion big show with that weird hair that he had. <laughs> Tell you what, that was, that that was quite a surprise. What to him come up from under the ring? I mean, a man that big having to wait under the ring all that time. Jesus Christ! I know, I've listened to like Bruce Pritchard podcast talking about him being under there the whole day, like right before the doors open for people, like people, and the. Uh, they put him under the ring, they had a dark match, two heat matches, and then the rest of the car, all the while he's under there with a portable TV, and they even gave him something to go to the toilet while he was waiting. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, can't be, it can't be the most comfortable thing for a normal-sized man, but someone the size of Paul White, Jesus. <laughs> I know. I always think if I was a wrestler, I'd be terrified to do a spot where I had to wait under the ring for ages, because I'd always be, always be worried I'd miss my cue. I suppose at least he had Hornswoggle to keep him company. <laughs> and who's ever, and that weird set of hands that popped up at Hell in a Cell 2021. <laughs> a case may, of which we... As I say, and maybe even Doink. Maybe, maybe Doink. And maybe who else was under there? We gave a hint to who else could be under there with him. A previous episode of Kayfabe Court, a show we've not done in ages, but she did that with Roger Bangs' back catalogue. But for now... Uh, I knee is getting better, but my my voice is clearly going, so I'm going to wrap up any of the plugs I have there. Yeah, uh, I've got nothing new since the, uh, the last time we recorded, unfortunately. Everyone keeps dropping out on me, but... Uh, if, I will uh, never drop out of you. I will never drop out on you. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> um, apart from Sunday, because you hurt your knee, but yeah, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> I think it's better than any excuse anyone else has ever given you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, you can check out me and Liam talk about football, although it'd be outdated by now, and, and Guns and Devils. Uh, we talk about the transfer um, deadline day and incomings and outgoings from several clubs. Uh, if you're interest, still interested in the Australian Open, you can hear me and Nathan talk about that tournament from a week or so ago and yeah go back and back catalogue and check out more of me and scott if you um have a, if you're new to us uh, go back and to us talk about both series of the mandalorian and um the and loki and hawkeye so check all those out and um yeah. we should also <laughs> mention that we are planning some stuff around the uh, 500 pod. We have something planned for the actual 500th podcast, uh, and we're hopefully we're going to record it soon. And we are going to be doing some stuff, hopefully, around it and lead up to it. how many of those ideas actually go 
come to fruition actually get recorded and released in time well that remains to be seen yeah i mean i didn't realize we were so close to 500 i just had a sort of check on apple how many we'd done and we we're already on 477 so we're probably on about 480 by, by the time this one comes out so we are edging ever closer and don't forget, you can check us out, out on Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Carl underscore Fire 80 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, check... he remembered. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> you can check us out on our website on rogueopinions20.wordpress.com. And you can also follow me on Twitch on Carl7PS. Yeah. And that's it, because I want to go and watch Man United. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you one thing, at the moment, watching Man United ain't easy. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. I shot Sherry. I did not shoot the dead. Sure.